0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Live with Me, Rank Show. I do truly appreciate you tuning in, and if you would like to join us today, it's very simple. If you want to be part of the program, and I hope you do, 269-441-9595. Once again, that's 269-441-9595. 95. You can also email if you'd like. If you're shy and you don't like to call in or don't have the opportunity to, you can email me at rank r e, as in excellent, nk, at townsquaremedia.com or join us via app chat if you have an app of one of the stations you're listening to me on. Well, I'm bringing this up because it seems to bring uh, people have a lot of interest in it. And I do try to interject something that is non political every day in my show because it doesn't have to be all about hard politics. So I wrote a piece this morning. Why did the Lions owner drop the name Ford from the Lions website? You would think, in fact, I write this back in 2020, Martha Ford transferred the Detroit Lions principal ownership to her daughter, Sheila Ford Hamp. Now, Sheila has transferred her name, Ford, to the deleted file on the Lions website bio page. Why? Who knows? And does anyone really care? Apparently, a lot of people care. Because it was all over the place and people were commenting left and right. So as I always tell you guys, I'm not going to do something like everybody else is doing out there. I thought, well, if this is interesting enough to some people, and I'm a big football fan, not so much pro college, but even that's getting more difficult as the years uh, go by and they become more politicized. So I said, you know, I'm going to put something out there, have a little fun with this. And then it gives me the opportunity to learn something. Who was the first owner of the Detroit Lions? Some guy named George Richards. In fact, at the time, he was the owner of WJR Radio in Detroit. That's back in the 30s when radio was very powerful because TV wasn't. He bought a team called the Portsmouth Spartans in 1934 for $23,000 and then moved the team to Detroit. So Portsmouth, uh, excuse me, Portsmouth, I I believe is New Hampshire, but it doesn't matter. It wasn't Detroit. The $23,000 he paid in 1934 is equal to approximately $487,000 in today's dollars. So. Not a lot of money, sure. Especially for the 1930s, I believe it was. Yeah, 1934. But I thought that was interesting. Now, the Ford family eventually took sole ownership of the Detroit Lions on November 22nd, 1963. When William Clay Ford, who was a minority owner from the year before, bought off or bought out all of the other minority owners to the tune of 4.5 million. What I couldn't find is what he originally put in. So, I assume the total cost to William Clay Ford was in the, somewhere above 4.5 million whenever whatever his original minority shares were added in on to the 4.5 million he paid to paid to all the minority owners in 63 Now, what happened on November 22nd, 1963? Have you guys guessed that yet? And maybe it uh, portends to the rest of the Lions uh, uh, franchise. On November 22nd, 1963, was the day that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Now, Now, see what I was telling you? Everybody else is just writing real quick little things out there with very little research, just telling you, hey, she's dropped the name Ford, which has been there since 1963. I'm giving you that. Why? I looked up all this other different information. So William Clay Ford was the principal owner and operator until he died, and he left the team to his wife, Of 67 years. They were married for 67 years, Martha. That's when she assumed total control over the Lions. Now, the Ford family, as I told you, became sole owners in 1963, to be exact, November 22nd, 1963, to the tune of somewhere over $4.5 million. That today, I should say today, the team is worth. You ready? $2.4 $2.4 billion. So they bought it for, let's say, $5 million or $4.8 million, and it's now worth $2,400 million. That's <laughs> a pretty good return. So the question I put in my piece, and it is there to be answered because you can go to the Rank Live Facebook page, or my flagship station, WBCK's Facebook page, and comment after you read it, is this. With all the history of the Lions and the Ford name, why dump the Ford name? Remember, she was the daughter. She's the daughter of William Clay Ford and Martha Ford. Her name was Sheila Ford until she got married. And then it's Sheila Ford Hamp. Now, if you go to their bio page, and I have a link to it, she's dropped the word Ford. Why? Now I gave my own guess. And as I wrote, perhaps all of the history has quite a uh, excuse me, perhaps all of the history has quite a bit of losses and they no longer want the Ford name associated with such a losing organization. Starting with the 1964 season, I went back to the best that I could. And figured out their win-loss record. So, 64 would have been the first full season that the Ford family owned the Lions. So, from 64 to last year, and I did the best I can, so I'm somewhere in the ballpark. They have 363 wins and 512 losses. And last year, they were 3-13. So and yeah, See, I like to have a little bit of fun here with sports and Why do you think she dumped the name? 269-441-9595. Now, I found an interesting article that popped up. And I will be honest with you. This was not an attack angle on homeschooling that I saw coming. I knew homeschooling and the attack on homeschooling because nothing matters other than the state. The state must educate your children. They must have a stranglehold on your children for some reason. And all that matters is the state. So I knew this was coming. What I I just I saw the attacks coming. What I didn't see is this attack it was an article in the Detroit Free Press. Michigan students facing educational neglect is a hidden problem. So I'm like, are you kidding me? The Detroit Free Press is going to write an article about the ne- the educational neglect that the politicians here in Michigan, that the union school unions here in Michigan. That the administrations here in Michigan, that the teachers here in Michigan that agreed with the school union, and I should say also the administrations that agreed, to not teach our kids for, what, a year, year and a half? Some, almost two years? And to only do it via, let's stay at our home and Zoom in, and we know how horrible of an education it was for These kids, I'm like, there's no way the Detroit News is going to write that piece. And if they did, I can't wait to get on air and give them full credit. Well, I was right. There was no way that they were going to write this piece. The piece I just told you about. No one seems to know how many Michigan children are going without an education, but a free press story about a 12 year old Michigan girl, Joe, who struggles to read and has rarely stepped foot into a classroom has some lawmakers and advocates contemplating ways to prevent educational neglect. Joe's parents did not send their three children to school and told investigators with Child Protective Services that they were homeschooling Joe and her two siblings, but family members, friends, and court documents contradict the parents claim Michigan law requires little oversight over home students parents don't have to register their children with the state or the local school district like they do in other states no other agency will investigate educational neglect claims unless they come with other claims of neglect or abuse isn't there something called truancy Couldn't they go the truancy route? Now, I am not saying that this family was truly homeschooling the kids. But it's interesting that they point out this. And I bet you its it's got to be so, uh, there's so few examples of it out there, is my thought. And the fact that they went down this road, to me, is just another way to attack anything other than the state getting a hold of your kids. Because they've got to get a hold of your kids, and they've got to start teaching them about sex in preschool. We started that yesterday. We talked about it yesterday. There's more today. Kindergarten teachers all upset from Florida now. Why is he upset? Because he can't talk about his gay relationship with his kindergarten students. Because they have to have control of your kid. Or else they may think in a way that they don't want them to think. 269-441-9595. You listen alive Live with Rank. We'll be right back after this. You listen alive Live with Rank. And uh, could they be trying to burn down the house? Of course, they could be trying to burn down the house. I'm talking about a piece that I first was stunned. I was thinking, no. The Detroit Free Press will actually talk about the educational neglect brought on to all these students for the last two years. And I was going to give them big props today, but I was wrong. No, it's an attack piece against homeschooling. And a family that may or may not, I don't know the details of it, be homeschooling their kids. And the problem is they may not. Be doing so, but they say they are. The piece is titled, Michigan Students Facing Educational Neglect is a Hidden Problem. It wasn't hidden for the last two years, the schools who failed our kids left and right. So it wasn't hidden, but they're talking about something else. After hearing about the story, a senator, Democrat from Ann Arbor, Irwin, said he's exploring what legislative reform might look like. Quote, I know that certainly Michigan could strengthen its laws around educational neglect. End quote. So let's define educational neglect. Educational neglect can come in several forms according to the Coalition for Responsible Home Education, a nonprofit that advocates for homeschooled children. They say possible scenarios include if a parent or caregiver fails to enroll their child in school at all, while also failing to educate them through homeschool, in some cases, parents may not be adequately homeschooling children or homeschooling them at all. Yeah, I get it. If a parent or caregiver enrolls their child in school but fails to get them to school, causing at least five absent days a month. Well, I think the average in Detroit was 15 of missing days. So why weren't Senator Irwin or anybody else worried about that educational neglect in Detroit. Failure of a parent or school to meet special education needs for a child with a diagnosed disability. I want a general educational neglect because educational neglect appears to be happening quite a bit in these state-run schools, specifically in the inner cities, it looks like. Why aren't they talking about that? As well, educational neglect. According to the coalition, 24 states include educational neglect in their definition of abuse. Michigan is not among them. They go on to say the lack of state oversight means that there is no data to suggest how widespread the problem might be in Michigan. Michigan. Jillian Ruck, executive director of child USA, a Philadelphia-based nonprofit think tank dedicated to preventing child abuse and neglect, said it's difficult to know how many kids across the country experience educational neglect. Quote, we don't really know how many kids are not enrolled, and so they kind of aren't even on the radar. We think it's hard to measure, but we think it's definitely more common than people think, end quote. Again, why aren't they talking about the educational neglect that's happening in our public schools today? Why aren't they talking about the educational neglect when they're talking about LGBTQ, equity, social justice, all this other stuff instead of educating our children? That, to me, is educational neglect. So... Let's open it up to what educational neglect would be. Perry Palmquest, executive director of the Ypsilanti-based Student Advocacy Center for Michigan, said, quote, some of these kids really want to go to school, and their parents are really struggling to get that to happen, end quote. Well, let Michigan kids learn or let Michigan, whatever that new... uh, attempt to try to help these kids to get these kids to school. The Democrats are against that. They're against trying to help these kids get to school. Remember, I just told you about this MSU professor I wrote yesterday who's not for private funding to help these kids with their books, with their tutoring, with their, uh, helping them transport, transport them to school. They're not willing to help for any of that because some of the money, private money, may actually go To bring kids out of the state school system and uh, no good agendas certainly wants that, right? So when they sit there and tell you that they have a concern and if the parents are saying, listen, our problem is we can't get our kids to school for whatever reason. Okay, here's a solution that's out there and the Democrats say no, no, no. We're against this. This MSU professor who's been studying this stuff for 15 years is against it because it will pull kids possibly out of public schools. And if they do that, more kids will get a real education and wake up to what all these people are doing to them and their families, taking advantage of them so they can make their money, so they can have their power status. So they can have their 400 holidays off a year. So they can get hazard pay from working from home. And all these politicians that are involved in making money off the corporate public school system. None of them, none of them have the children's best interest. And when I say none, I mean from the uh, systemic it's a systemic problem through our corporate public education, systemically everywhere. They don't have the children's best interest first. They have their interest. And that interest is keeping the state-run schools running. That's all that matters to them because they all make a ton of cash off of it. They all get the summers off, off of it. Not all. the Well, now yeah, most of them who are directly involved, they get a week off. For Christmas they get a week off for spring break every holiday known to man in every country of the world is a day off that's not educational neglect 269-441-9595 we'll come back on the other side talk to Melanie and maybe you about this lines are open we'll be right back you're the Live with Rank. Appreciate that. Talking about educational neglect. And I get it. If there's educational neglect out there where parents are saying they're homeschooling kids and they're not, then uh, I do have a concern for that and we should do something about that. But educational neglect cannot be just focused on homeschooling or school of choice. It has to be focused on the entire education system. I'm talking public school systems, Pub, private school systems, homeschooling. If you want to go down that route, let's talk about educational neglect. Because there was a lot of it over the last two years in the pandemic when we were told by Fauci and the scientists that it didn't have to happen. That it was actually the teachers, the administrators, the politicians, whoever were actually promoting it, were actually going against science. And harming the children. Those of you who followed me for a while. Know my number one concern. Is not the teachers. It's not the administrators. It's not the public school system. It's not the private school system. It's not homeschooling. It is the children. And when we lose sight. Of who this is really set up for. Is when the educational neglect happens. And people in the corporate business of public school who are making so much money off of it, who have good paying jobs, who have great pensions or 401Ks, They seem to think this system was set up for them. Not all of them. I'm just saying as generally. It's systemic throughout the whole public corporation called education. We have to get back to who it's for. We have to get back to be concerned about the children and educating them. That's who it's for. That's the number one group it's for. Then after that, it comes. We fill in all these jobs that are created from it. Let's go to the phone lines and Plainwell from Plainwell, our uh, person who's been on this education horse uh, for for years, Melanie. Thanks for calling in, Melanie.
1: Thanks for covering this really important topic, Frank. I mean, first of all, they they claim they don't know how many uh, homeschool or missing kids are getting a proper education. Well, let's say they knew. What would they do with that information? Because they, we all know that only 42% of Michigan third graders are reading at grade level. What are they doing about their 58% failure rate? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. May I add, do you believe, Melanie, and any of you listening out there, that if it's only 42% who come out of our public school systems in Michigan can read at a third grade level, is that educational neglect? To me, that's educational neglect. What is it to you, Melanie?
1: Well, absolutely. But I will add, the concept of education in Michigan, based on our Constitution, is parents get to decide what the quality of education their children should have. So there is no need to provide homeschool oversight. Parents have the right to decide how much education their children get. Now, the the problem I say is if you try to put in oversight to homeschool, who will you give it to? Will you give it to this system that has a systemic failure rate of 58%? They are not qualified to judge how homeschoolers are doing. So the, that's the basic problem of putting any restrictions on homeschooling. And I, I want to make a point. Of, there was a court case. The Highland Park parents took the school district to court because their students were given high school diplomas, but they could not even read at an eighth grade level. And they went all the way up through the court system, and they were making great progress. But the final ruling was against them because the Michigan Constitution says we must have provide a public education system, but there is no expectation of quality. It is not against the law or educational malpractice or uh, a crime for the public schools to fail 58% of our kids. So it seems completely logical that if you went to a doctor whose 58% of their patients were dying, you would take them to a different doctor. Right. So why shouldn't parents unrestricted, be permitted, be based on the Constitution, be encouraged to take their kids someplace where they can get a real education and learn how to read, write and do math. And as you pointed out, not be indoctrinated.
0: They say in this article and what these politicians appear to be lining up to do is looking at those who say they're giving them an education, but they're not. So yeah, they're saying they the, go- the government, I guess they would. Uh, what, when it comes to homeschooling, do they have to take right. any type of standard testing?
1: No, no. See, there are there are good old-fashioned standardized tests available that, like, Homeschool Legal Defense Association, HSLDA, encourages parents to use to make sure their kids are learning on a grade level. But that's what gets them mad. They, The homeschoolers in Michigan do not have to take the Michigan State Assessments because the Michigan State Assessments are corrupted. They're common core aligned. They have LGBTQ embedded in the questions. They're perverted. It's, it's not a genuine assessment uh, of student learning. And so to, to force those assessments onto homeschool parents is to force them to teach the bad material that is being outlined by the, the Michigan legislature, the state school board, you know, the Michigan Department of Education. Uh, so you have to allow to the uh, homeschoolers to implement whatever curriculum, classical curriculum, is very popular, and the state assessments do not align to uh, a classical education.
0: Well, what's interesting on the state assessments, they don't even want these kids to take them in their public corporate schools because they're afraid of what they'll show, and that is the educational neglect that has been brought on them over the last two years.
1: That's right. That's right. And I say the latest test scores, which uh, are probably overstating success say 42 percent of michigan third graders can read at grade level and you're right it's not just the teachers this is a systemic problem this is failure in the last 10 to 15 years of the entire education system in the state of michigan and if i may
0: republican have and democrats they're both in because they're they're the ones keep feeding this machine that is failing our kids every year
1: Right, you are absolutely right.
0: Have and you? Thank you so much for bringing this up. Well, I, you're welcome. Have you? Did you see this attack coming? Oh well, some people yeah. say they're homeschooling and they're not. And they're not truly homeschooling. And in fact, two questions: one, did you see this attack coming? Because you're greatly involved in education issues here in Michigan. And number two, uh, do you? Isn't it that homeschoolers blow away all these kids when it comes to grades or entrance into uh, college? Uh, As opposed to those who go through the corporate, systemically problemed uh, state schools?
1: Yes. The college entrance, far and above, uh, employer feedback on homeschool students' performance in school, you know, geography bees, spelling bees, all of those things where there's a head-to-head competition, homeschoolers far exceed uh, and outperform public school kids. But uh, the, well, wait, was the other point you asked? Did you
0: see this, uh, this attack? Oh, I did.
1: Yes, I did. You know why? Because uh, about two months ago, there was a presentation to the State Board of Education where uh, they were talking about enrollment decline in uh, public schools. And we do have a demographic shift, but they specifically pointed out shift to homeschooling was a significant move in the last uh, three, two or three years. Significant. And we might be up to 20% of students having pulled out of uh, public schools in Michigan. And so you can see the panic and once they're they're really worried about losing their ability to indoctrinate the next generation or I was going to say what are they that about that money
0: what are they so panicking a- about because the money it these people play games these politicians left and right they still gave them the money oh there's not kids going Nah, we're not going to count head count the, uh, this year uh you know because uh i saw a butterfly uh flying in front of me today so due to that i'm not going to count it now like you know they said it was cuz of the pandemic So they're not what's going to happen to these schools if if we're if if we're funding these schools via headcount. Right. That's what we do today.
1: But that money is still there. That's money
0: is still collecting for educational use.
1: Well, someone might make a successful uh, position that the the funding to public schools should follow enrollment, in which case you would reduce the amount of money in the school aid fund and you'd return it to taxpayers.
0: Oh, God forbid. Uh, Don't give them a heart attack, Melanie.
1: (laughs) Right. But there's also the point about the attempt to indoctrinate this next generation. Right. They don't want to miss out on, you know, 20 to 30 percent of the students.
0: It must be. What are your thoughts about 24 states include an educational neglect in their definition of child abuse?
1: Well, I will say if you go to the uh, homeschool HSLDA.com uh, 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 website, you can see the different laws by state. And they have a map that shows in color the freedom to, to operate homeschool. Michigan is green. We have a very, very free uh, structure for homeschooling and that's what they're mad about others other states do not they have things like you have to have a teacher certification to be able to homeschool your kids or you have to teach the state exam to the state exam and have your kids take it well, you have he, to, if,
0: uh, if i may state senator stephanie chang from detroit at a time when she was a state representative representative introduced a legislation, quote, her proposal would have required parents and caregivers to register their children as homeschooled with their local school district and have the children meet twice a year with an adult outside of the home, end quote.
1: Right, right. So those things are in other states. They're not here. And they're not here because of brave women back in the 90s who worked very hard and lobbied very hard and, And HSLDA supported them for the homeschool protections that we have now. And we can't let uh, well-meaning legislators who think that some few number of anecdotal examples of children not being properly educated at home have anything to do with the state that they have any right to overrule to oversee these people they should pay attention to the 58 percent of children who are they they are neglecting in the public school system
0: we need to use their words against them it's educational neglect it's systemic through the system it's both the left and the right that's feeding this machine that fails our kids at too high of a rate and they're going to sit there if i or you were to say okay you could pick out a family here and there who are not educating because we all believe kids have to be educated uh, or else they're going to be um i could be really mean and say a certain <laughs> voter but i'm not going to be for the rest of their lives give me give me give me i can't take care of myself someone has to take care of of, of me for me as opposed to you know voting for freedom and uh, uh the constitution and making america great and keeping america great and Enclosed borders, you know, and all that stuff that is, uh, that you actually have to work for a living to, to, uh, make it in this world. Anyway, I, I won't say that. I'm sorry. Did I just, well, I, I just forget about what I just said there. Uh, but if you point out to them that, okay, you're going to pick off cherry pick one or two here. And wh- what's their response when you talk about this 58%? Well, that's, you're cherry picking you are cherry picking. So what? I mean, there's these schools that, uh, you know, really suck, but that's just the one that really sucks. Right. The ones that are five percent below or whatever it was. And even Snyder. There's a good example. Wasn't there a law out there on the books that said if you are consistently below some percentage for three years or more, your school will be closed down. Do you remember that, Melanie?
1: Yes, that was true. And and
0: Schneider refused (laughs) to do it. Mr. Republican Schneider, who cared about children, refused to close down those schools when they were, uh, they had exceeded The amount of time that they could fail students so it's all about the system it's all about these people and their power and making money are there teachers in there are doing it for the kids yes i believe it i do i'm talking about the management and the politicians involved any last words melanie
1: No, but again, I thank you very much for covering this, and you are making excellent points, and I hope we have some other people call in to speak out because to attack our homeschoolers now is absolutely the wrong thing for our legislature to be paying attention to.
0: All right, thanks a lot for calling in. I appreciate that. Hey, if you want to, you guys have thoughts on this? 269 441 nine five and nine five again that's two six nine four four one nine five nine five love to hear from you and if you disagree with me love to hear from you oh that was mean that was me brad was that you turn that mic off in there two six nine four four one ninety five ninety five if you have a thought about what we're talking about today i'd love to hear from you i was uh just Talking with one of you, Melanie, who's been involved with education issues here in Michigan for a long time. And to think that 58% of Michigan students cannot read at third grade level, and the school, the administrations, the districts, the uh, Board of Education of the state of Michigan, Steve Rice, is that his name? Mike Rice, the superintendent. And none of the politicians believe that's educational neglect. You can't tell me that 58% of them who can't read at third grade level all comes from the parents' fault or from a uh, monetary perspective, an economic perspective. It's not that hard to teach a kid how to read unless you went through the Michigan corporate, public school system and don't know how to read. Which very well might be the case. So I'm all for talking about educational neglect because I'm for the kids first. I'm for the students. I don't care about this. It is, it's just backwards. It's just backwards, I think. People think this public corporate school system is there for them to have jobs. Does anybody disagree with me? Now, again, there are plenty of teachers, I assume, I'm assuming, that are there for the students. Or I should say, and their job, but they're there and they really care about the students. Just as I'm sure there's plenty that aren't. And I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail. Or people turning me off. Because they're upset. Because they are teachers or no teachers. When in fact you guys. You teachers. Are the ones I've always been fighting for. To give more control over to you guys in that classroom. To get the state out of your way of teaching these kids. But teaching them reading, writing, arithmetic, history, English. Not all that other junk that they're stuffing into these heads. So let's talk about educational neglect. I'm all for it. Don Wheaton, a spokesperson with the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services wrote in an email that quote generally speaking the agency has no authority over educational neglect if that's the sole allegation but can investigate if it's paired with other claims of abuse. So they're talking of they're talking about classifying what they deem as educational neglect as child abuse. Okay? Then why is there so much child abuse At our public schools today. Why is there so much child abuse being brought to these children by the public school system? If you want to talk about educational neglect, let's talk about it in its complete entirety. Because I'm more than happy to talk about it, because I'm for the kids. Two six nine, four four one, nine five, nine five. If you have a thought about what we're talking about today, love to hear from you. You can also email me at rank r e n k at townsquaremedia.com. What is going on in this world? It just seems to be getting, as I wrote, it seems to be coming more bonkers. I'll tell you about that more coming up right after this. You're listening to the Live with Rank Show, and we'll be right back after this top of the hour break.